Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. First cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's storylines, it's best bets. It is the one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day, sir. Good day. Good to be back. One and done, like you said. Mm. Uh, Rick, you, you and me, us. baby. Let's go. Man. Feels good uh, chasing down Kyle. But yeah, pumped. A lot of news. A lot of lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Kyle Porter is here. KP, hello to you. Hello, Rick. Thank you for uh, reestablishing your position as the host of this show. Yeah. I <laughs> did not enjoy it on Saturday, but Greg and I got through and uh, we're back. I thought you guys did a fine job. I thought you did a great job. Thank you. It was it was fun, but it's more fun with you here. All right. Well, much appreciated. Before we jump into the newsworthy week of things that we need to cover, uh, David is in the chat now. David is our resident Kyle troll. troll. Yeah, Yeah. but but mostly just towards you. Uh, David checks in here, says, and I quote: "We should probably address Philly scumbag Rick Gaiman and his allegiance to the Eagles." End quote. What does that What does that mean? I don't get. I don't understand that. You ever been to Philly, Kyle? <laughs> uh, have I ever? No. I, the the only I've been to Pittsburgh. I haven't been to Philly. Okay. Not Pittsburgh's people. good people. Good working class city. What are you implying? Uh, that yeah. City, I don't. I don't or... want to be a part of this conversation. I don't think. <laughs> I'm not implying anything. I'm rooting for Philly. What is David implying? That there's a lot of scumbags in Philadelphia. Is that what he's getting at on this one? I don't think he's implying that. I think he is stating that pretty much. Well, it, it feels a little bit like, yeah, he kind of is. It feels a little <laughs> bit like he's, he he's almost saying like Rick is a, he's not, he's not saying this, but the implication feels like that Rick is just kind of a bandwagon Eagles guy or whatever, which That's is not pr- true. It's, it's not, but it, kind of can be right i mean like i'm happy to be a fair way like i i invoke okay as a philadelphia sports fan you are so used to failure and like something going wrong that i do not get excited until there is a parade down broad street right like that's that's when i get excited so, so i you rarely are. you are <laughs> no i just rarely invoke public fandom because it's not worth it right it's not worth the heartache that i'm in, in inevitably going to receive only when times are good will you claim your Correct. fandom. Yes. Okay. So Kyle, you kind of, he is a Fairweather fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying to help you out there, Rick. And uh, I will say the, the Eagles 49ers game was tough for me because I made a bet with both of my sons uh, three months ago. And they said they were all over the Eagles. So my sons are nine and six. They loved Hertz. They were all Devonte. They were all in. And I said, listen, like the Eagles are whatever they started 10 and 0 right now, eight and 0, whatever they were. Yeah. I was like, they're not going to make the Super Bowl. And I will bet you if they make the Super Bowl, I'll buy each of you three packs of football cards. Oh boy. And if they, if they don't make the Super Bowl, I was just betting on the field, right? This is like halfway through the season. They don't really understand the longevity of a season. And if you do, if they don't make the Super Bowl, you have to buy me a, a pack of just one pack of cards. And uh, turns out <laughs> they did make the Super Bowl. Turns out they I, were right. <laughs> yeah, and that never happens, right? It's it's never the team that starts eight and zero that continues 
that, that makes it all the way to the Super Bowl. It just they there's too much that can go wrong, and it kind of did. Hurts got hurt. Uh, there was a bunch of different things that happened, and yet they still made it. So I'm 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 going to be out like forty bucks. Raise it was a couple v- sharps. It was a pretty clear, it was a pretty easy path through the NFC, right? You, the, even, <laughs> the guy can't even know. throw a pass in the in the championship game. It wasn't even it wasn't even like in question. Like I was just out. I mean, I, I didn't even have a chance. <laughs> oh boy. Well, the Eagles will play in the Super Bowl next week. Uh, and very excited to be in Phoenix. Is it I mean Phoenix uh, Scottsdale? Are, is, are these just interchangeable? I do I have know. to refer to one over the other? They're I've been calling They're it. I, uh, yeah, I think they are different. I've been calling it Phoenix to my friends because I don't want to go into like right. TPC Scottsdale. And how close right. are we to the to the football game? I don't know. Twenty minutes. I feel like everything's twenty minutes. Are you a Are you a veteran of that area, Patrick? Patrick was uh, my, giving me my sister our recommendations. I was out there for a, a bachelor party in September. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, bars, clubs, whatever you guys want. Just wow. I'm not a fine. I'm not. If you can't tell, I'm not big in the bar club scene with let us, kids right now. Weekend. Let us know if you have any places <laughs> with uh, white tablecloths or anything like that that we could <laughs> we could frequent. <laughs> I don't know uh, how I'm going to transition this to Patrick <laughs> Reed and Rory McIlroy, but I'm well, gonna do- Phoenix is next week, and we need to before we get to Phoenix, we need to bring it back to to what's going yeah. on this week. You can uh, tee it up somehow. Yeah, that's right. Well, listen, there is a lot of stuff happening all over the globe. And what happened in uh, Dubai was a doozy. So we started our week with uh, T-Gate, which was or Snubgate. Rory snubs Patrick Reed. Reed underhand tosses a T at him. And then uh, it actually plays out beautifully. So, Patrick, this thing comes down to the wire here where Reed is one group ahead of Rory McIlroy. This was a Monday finish, uh, which is uh, why we're talking about it right now and Rory goes birdie birdie on 17 and 18 to clip Patrick Reed for the win it's it's pretty incredible that like both these guys I guess not Rory he's just been playing at such an elevated uh pace past year pretty much but Reed and Rory both elevated their game I guess in in this you know just unbelievable controversy between the two of them uh the violent throw of the tee was something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy personally. I'm glad Rory's okay. And but I will say this in regard to Patrick Reed. I thought for T Gate, I have two I have two takes on T Gate. First one's a bit more tame. We need to like get better at naming these things. I understand the Watergate Hotel, that's where it came from. We're past that as a country. Yeah. I, I'm in on this. Yeah. Okay. And well, it should well, have now been, you have to name it. It should have been uh spill the tea or throw the tea or something like that. I'm with I'm with that. And these these tea gate people got completely bailed out by tree gate that it just happened to rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. they got thrown a bone. Um and the second thing is I know we always talk about like Rory being like speaking so eloquently, which he does. And he is a smart cat by all accounts. And I think he, in his pre-tournament interview, I think he phrased the Patrick Reed's lawyer subpoena, uh, subpoenaed me on Christmas Eve on purpose, knowing, you know, some people might run with it and be like, oh my God, Patrick Reed subpoenaed Rory McIlroy, even though. I mean, I know he's caught up in like a zillion defamation cases, but that wasn't one of them. Um, so a little hat tip to Rory there. It was a little gamesmanship, I think. It, it, it was because Dylan DeCher came out with the sort of details. I think it was later that day. And I, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but and I think he wrote an article about this, but it was it it, it didn't really. I mean, Reed is caught up in so, and this is part of the problem with Reed. He's caught up in so much stuff that he doesn't really get the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt with mm-hmm. rules stuff, with any of it, really. And I think to your point, Rory kind of was leveraging that a, a little bit. But it, it seemed like it was a, uh, I don't know who, I, I need to pull it up. It, it was a PGA Tour and sort of, I think, live. Uh, yeah, uh, it's his lawyer. lawsuit. Yeah, it's this and, Larry. And he, it's, the, he, it's Larry Clayman, who's you know Reed's lawyer at, against the PGA Tour. Yeah, but he was going, sub. It was a subpoena for information from the meeting in Delaware. 
right? Mm-hmm. With with Tiger and Rory. Like for some reason he thought that information should be made should be part of the court case uh with with Rory. But you're right. I think Rory did a little bit uh throw Reed under the bus, even though Reed and he I listen, like I Reed, Patrick Reed's made Rory's life uh, not super smooth over the last few years. And so I sort of understand where he was coming from. Yeah. Twice now that Rory has kind of elevated to victory uh, in the midst of some wild stuff. Obviously this past week, there was the Canadian open when all that stuff was, was breaking with live. Obviously it didn't get it done to the open championship, but Hey, two out of three, ain't bad. If uh, you're meatloaf. Now the tree gate portion of this did you get that reference patrick or is that too you're, you're too young for that one yeah you didn't i don't know if you got that one i'm okay, from real- washington to see you know i've been to the watergate hotel it's we were talking about clubs it's a great rooftop bar but i think we just got to move past it <laughs> we do real real quick this is from dylan to chair reed isn't personally suing rory which is what patrick was referencing larry clayman is reed's lawyer we know that clayman is separately suing the pga tour so it's not a it's not the live PGA tour law. It's not the Matt Jones against the PGA tour lawsuit, which is kind of the mm-hmm. big one that we've been talking about over the last, whatever, seven months. Rory got a subpoena for that lawsuit, Larry claiming against the PGA tour. And it came at his house on Christmas Eve. That's all from Dylan to chair and claiming. If you don't know, Patrick Reed's lawyer has sued Pretty much, if you've heard of a public figure, Larry Clayman has sued them. He sued Barack Obama. He sued the Clintons like 10 times. He's sued everybody. He sued his own mom one time for $50,000, which is bullshit. Did he win? Ex- I don't think so. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't, like, he hasn't won anything. He just, he, I don't understand. I don't understand how he makes money uh, by losing all these lawsuits. And I don't understand why anybody would ever hire him. So, Anyway, we can move past that to the tree thing. The tree thing. Yes. So coming down the stretch, I believe it's 17. There are a Mm -hmm. cluster of three palms uh, on the side of the fairway. Now we can see via video evidence that uh, Patrick Reed's golf ball uh, seemingly hits tree number one, gets lodged inside of it. We've seen this happen in palms before balls get stuck in there. Where things get really interesting, Patrick, is that uh, Patrick Reed has to identify his ball so that he can get free relief, so that he doesn't have to take an unplayable. He is capable of identifying his ball. However, we come to learn that he was looking in the wrong tree. He was looking in tree number two, tree number three. That ball's in tree number one. And he confirms, yes, I see my ball, gets his free drop. And uh, we've got another Patrick Reed, did he, did he not cheat situation? He, uh, I mean, he, he did. Uh, but yeah, I think there's tree one and yeah. then there's the pair. Yeah, I'll, try, the to, first I'll try to get a photo it. of this, yeah. And it was in the second one to the right. Um, but this is like totally something that would happen at like a club championship or something where it's like, oh, God, I got a lot of people behind me waiting on the tee. Yes. Yeah, so. Okay, show show me on the screen here, Patrick, because I, I, I feel a little confusion and ambiguity over this. So the single tree, that's the one that allegedly, I know I just came out and, uh, you know, pretty, pretty aggressively accused him, uh, but that's the one that allegedly caught his ball. Right. Okay. This this angle that we're on is the Golf Channel camera that was following his tee shot. But okay. the one on the, the left, closer to the desert, is where he took his uh, unplayable from. Okay. And so he's saying he was looking at the that tree, saying, "Oh yeah, that's my golf ball up there." When the video shows his ball going into that tree. So obviously, how could you have identified your golf ball if your golf ball was in a different tree? That's. And it doesn't help that these trees, they legit have like 10 golf balls in them. Like oh, yeah. It's very common for people, which I didn't know was really a thing. But 17 is like well, a cool I, little hole. Here's so. the thing that I go back to. I, I don't I don't want to get into a, And I know Brandel broke this down on Golf Channel. I don't want to get into a situation where it's like, okay, we're going to Sapruder film this and try to fit. The bottom line with me, for me, with Reed, is you don't get the benefit of the doubt. 
in any of these situations. You don't get it. And if he doesn't understand why that's the case, then he is just blind to the last five to 10 years of like things that have happened. I saw that Rory actually said, like, I don't really think anything was nefarious or whatever. Like I trust the referee and which is kind of interesting. Rory's actually always been a sort of a supporter of Reed, which is weird, Uh, not weird, but unexpected maybe. And Mm -hmm. I just, I saw Reed sent out a, uh, like a, statement today i have it okay do you want to read you want to read it yeah so just i'll 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 pull it up i'll pull it up here to say yeah he texted it to me directly let's just say somebody had to screenshot it to me because i was not allowed to view it i was gonna say i pulled it up on my burner because i'm locked by patrick i'm still alive before before i show this i will say this reminds me a lot kyle about your point being like he gets to these trees and someone says oh it went into that one Right. So then him and the officials are looking in that one and they think they've identified it. It's the same thing that happened when he was on when he was at Tory, where he got up there and he asked the question to a volunteer. Did you see it bounce? And she said no, which doesn't mean it didn't bounce. It just means that she didn't see it bounce. He could have asked the opposite question and gotten the same answer. Right. So he's he's looking for plausible deniability. That's exactly that's exactly right. Here's the statement. Uh, So this is from Patrick Reed, who I texted himself. I don't know. And then took a screenshot of it and posted it on Twitter and Instagram. Quote, some people love controversy, but what happened on the 17th hole at the Hero Dubai Desert Classic was a non-issue. As the DP World Tour confirmed, I was not asked to identify the tree my ball struck. That was done by the shot link volunteers and several marshals. Plausible deniability. Correct. I was asked to describe the distinctive markings on the ball I was playing. I'm looking Looking forward to this week's Asian tour flagship event at Royal Greens, end quote. Yeah, I mean, listen, like he loves to and he's done this in the past. It says as the DP World Tour confirmed, he always puts the onus on the referee, the organization, whoever he does this. He does this with the PGA Tour all the time. Oh, the the, the official that was there confirmed this or said this. Or and whatever. I did everything by the book. Exactly. And it's like. I get why you would do that, but there's no ownership or responsibility over. And this stuff is like a part of me feels bad for him because this stuff is hard. Like you can't, you can't see what happened. You don't have the, you don't have the benefit of instant replay. Like we do there. There's a lot going on, but I just always go back to the fact that he does not get the benefit of the, of the doubt because of what happened at the hero world challenge or what happened with him in college that was reported on. Like there's just been a pattern of things that preclude you from getting the benefit of the doubt in these situations. I need to know who got the binoculars first too. Was it him looking up and saying, okay, you know, that could potentially be my ball. And he describes the markings to the official and then the official confirms what he says to him. Or is it the opposite where the official is looking at it and he's like, all right, tell me what your ball looks like. Yeah, that, is, the, is, the, official, the, is thing. the official saying, I see a Pro V1 with a black line and Patrick Reed goes, yeah, that's it. And he's or, like, just kidding, it's an S. <laughs> <laughs> or is Patrick Reed saying, it's a Pro V1 with a black line and the official saying, yeah, I see it. Yeah, because he said after the round that if he would have gone back to the tee if he wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. So he felt like he was 100% sure. Um but we need, uh, clearly, we well, need some more distinctive markings. Everybody plays a Pro V1 with a black line on it. I was going to say, how, how specific, like if it had, you know, 11 red dots in, a, in the shape of a triangle, like, okay, that's probably your ball. But if it's, I mean, if, how many balls are up there? And what were the markings of the other ball? You know, like th- there's, a lo- <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, lot of stuff in play there. Yeah. Patrick Reed's going to have a new friend over at live so yeah so we are still waiting for the official stuff on mito but that's been pretty well reported that mito Pereira is going to be going to live also uh today we learned that seemingly 
Mr. Sebastian Munoz is on his way. So this is from the Telegraph. They've been very good at this. They are saying uh, Live Golf poaches another PGA Tour winner in Colombian Sebastian Munoz. So KP, probably no surprise, right? I mean, he was one of the... um, I think if you would have listed 20 or 30 names six months ago, he probably would have been on a pretty, a pretty short list. It, I don't, I don't think it's a, a needle mover per se. Was, was Bassey the, uh, he hasn't been announced either, right? Correct. Neither of these have been officially announced. Uh, yeah, not, uh, it's not shocking. I mean, they clearly live clearly is going for, the international player, the, uh, you know, there's a, there's a contingent, you know, go back to when Mito lost at, uh, at Southern Hills and, you know, there was a big crew there of guys that are, they, they hang out together. They spend time together. So it's not, it's not a shocking development. I, I guess for me, Rick, it's kind of like, okay, is this your big splash going into year two? And if so, I'll say this. If that's your big play going into year two, it it's over. Like you're done. It, this is going to wither on the vine. Uh, it's not going to happen over the next four months or maybe 24 months, but that's a wrap because you're not going to be able to continue to pour $800 million. Now it'll be less because you're not paying, uh, you're not fronting the money for Bryson Brooks bill, et cetera, but you're not going to be able to pour hundreds of millions of dollars into something that just continues to make a couple thousand bucks at each tournament. So you have to keep, you have to have momentum and they don't, they don't have any right now. If if Sebastian Munoz is your momentum, you're, you're done. Like you're cooked. Yeah. We've talked about it a little bit before Patrick, the, how quiet the off season has been. And there's been an idea that, okay, well, before the season starts, you know, they're going to have more names. Well, we are a couple weeks away. This is this, this is the Saudi international week, which is basically the preseason for, for live and their official mm-hmm. schedule starts in a couple of weeks here in, in February. If the only other names going are Mito prayer and Sebastian Munoz, Kyle's right. Tough scene. I would love to know what, that conversation is like behind closed doors of the trade-off of, you know, we could add Mito and Sebastian Munoz, but it might, might mean we have to leave, uh, you know, a bigger name down the road out or something like that, who wants more money or whatever it may be. Um, Cause like Kyle said, these guys aren't moving the needle, at least here in the United States, they could in South America. Uh, I wouldn't know, <laughs> but it's these middle tier you know, borderline top 100 players in the world. It's with, I mean, Mito obviously flashing the pan at Southern Hills, Munoz, a winner. It's just not enough at all to carry what little, if any momentum moving forward. So I, I don't understand the signings except for we get a PGA tour winner type of deal. I'll, I'll say this. And I, started to write a little bit about this over the weekend. I feel, um, I feel frustration over lives existence for a number of reasons. But one of them is that we don't get, because you've got all these guys like Reed and Bryson and Brooks and, and Phil and several others, mostly those guys that are sort of, can be villainous, not maybe not necessarily Phil, but definitely Reed and Bryson and Brooks. You, you and we've talked about this before, but you remove all those from the PGA Tour, and you're left with a bunch of guys that are very likable, which is which is great. That's good if you're the PGA Tour, but there's not that friction that we saw in Dubai between Reed and Rory on the PGA Tour. Now you might have some guys that are young that are could play the villain role or whatever that create that friction, but you lose that friction right now. And I think that's, that's a loss for fans. Friction is good for narratives, for stories, for, um, I mean, look at the NBA, there's Patrick Beverly running around like a maniac playing the villain all the time. And like, whatever you want to say about Patrick Beverly, that makes the NBA interesting. The NBA regular season is not, it shouldn't be interesting, but it is because of people like Patrick Beverly. And you've lost a lot of those guys 
to live. And we saw that in a pretty stark way during the during Dubai week with Reed and Rory. Yeah, I think uh, Harry Higgs did an interview with Golf Week at the beginning of the month and okay. essentially said, yeah, we j- joke back and forth that they took all the a-holes and it's like they took all the villains and he's like, that's a problem because whether you want to admit it or not, like controversy and I guess like talking poorly of someone or like in a negative light, people like to read, you know, somewhat negative things, you know? And like you said, the, without Patrick Reed at that tournament in Dubai, it's just uh, Rory McIlroy won on the DP world tour, but instead Again. we're talking about it now uh, on Tuesday and we're talking about it all weekend. Yeah. Con- con- contrasting characters make an interesting story. And I think that's what you're going to see in the Netflix documentary is contrasting characters. I cannot wait for that. February 15th, by the way, the Saudi international is happening this week, opposite of pebble. And there are a couple of names that will be teeing it up that, uh, Hey, Hey, I've not, I've not pledged allegiance to live. I'm just going to go over there and play. And I've gotten a waiver for this. Those names include cam young, uh, Lucas Herbert, Johnny Vegas, and Cam Champ. So, Patrick, you know, we have been trying to read the tea leaves of every move or non-move that every golfer has made in the last two years. Are there tea leaves to be read here? I think I think Daniel Rappaport got a text from someone from cam champs camp that said he's just playing he'll he'll be back on the pga tour hey i've heard i've heard i'm definitely not going before yeah yeah i mean with the south american uh i guess migration over there you'd imagine johnny vegas he's friends with all those guys so that that might be a way for him but cam young's the guy at the tour championship who was one of the last guys in it was like him and joaquin neiman Uh, and joaquin went cam young decided to stay uh, so I'm imagining they're rolling out the red carpet for Cam Young this week. Uh, well, what does Cam Young do for you, though? A zero-time PGA Tour winner? I agree with that. I, I do too. I do too. I, I think he's and I love I, him, but I agree with the whole. The whole point is the there. Liv has a very like their window has to be uh, someone makes a name for themselves on the PGA tour and, in, and or in major championships or Ryder cups. And then you get them and it's a big deal. If you get someone who would have ended up being that guy, but never gets a chance to be that guy, it doesn't matter. And here, here, here's the reason it doesn't matter. Rick is because I was on the radio with, with some, with um, I <laughs> tough, don't even remember who, who was I on the radio with Gary Williams the other day on, I think it was Sirius XM. And he said, who's the, what is the, who or, or what is the PGA tours most important asset? And I think the obvious answer is you could say Spieth or Rory or JT or tiger, even though he doesn't really play, but the, the most important asset for the PGA tour, Rick is actually the major championships because the major championships bring context to the regular season the pga the 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 rest of the pga or or the entire pga tour live lacks that context you can get everybody in the world if you're live and if you don't have the context of what this win in jetta or miami means for their major championship status then you lose almost everything that's important about the regular season Right. Like, and, and I'm not saying if they got everybody in the world that they wouldn't be successful because at some point you're going to, there's going to be a tipping point. But I just think even getting like, like, what if Cantlay and Xander and Ricky Fowler and I'm just throwing names out there, Colin Morikawa all go to live without the context of the majors? It's kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, it, it just, I don't know. Like, you have to have some sort of context with something else that's more important than you as a, as a regular season golf entity for you to really matter whatsoever. I think. Bingo. Well, I agree, but then you say, like, what would Cameron Young do? The guy who finished second at the Open, third at the PGA Championship. Like he's bringing that major championship context to live but, potentially. But what I'm saying is, if you if Cameron Young is no longer able to get into major championships, well, they probably aren't 
operating under that pretense. For sure. I, I agree. But we have to operate under that pretense because that's the reality of the situation yeah. right now. I don't know what reality you're living in, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. There's a lot going on in the of, spring. Of, of all the things that we've been saying for the last 18 months, the way the OWGR has played uh, out is exactly what we all expected it to do. Big yeah. name Patrick's a tough scene right now. God. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even put that together. That's exactly what Rory said. I didn't even right. down to the name. All right. You're acting like an immature little child here, Kyle. Let's move along. Let's move along. <laughs> But I mean, do you, do you agree, Rick? Like the, the 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 major championship context is vital to a sort of regular season entity. Yes. Yeah. Of course. And I just think that uh, Liv is just always going to be pretty hamstrung into like like Cam Smith is the perfect guy. Cam Smith is the perfect guy. You get him after showing he's on top of the golfing world. Even when you get guys like Sergio and Paul Casey and Henrik Stenson, it's like, okay, who cares, right? They haven't been competitive really on the PGA Tour anyway. But there are, there's like three guys. There's like three guys that matter in that. Like the window is so small that they are going to be stuck getting – Cam Tringale, Sebastian Munoz, Mito Pereira, and it's not a knock against those guys. They're gr- they're great, but it's like that doesn't make a league interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I I totally agree, especially when those guys are un- now unable to play themselves. I mean, look at uh, Eugenio uh, Chikara, right? Like if he was. If he was, if Eugenio Chikara, who won, where did he win? Did he win Jetta? Bangkok. Bangkok. Brooks won Jetta, mm-hmm. I think. If he was able to play himself into the U.S. Open at LACC, and I guess he is technically uh, <laughs> right. through qualifiers, but if he was able to, through live, get into LACC in the U.S. Open, and then he contends in the U.S. Open or gets into a playoff with Morikawa or whatever. All of a sudden, that makes Liv actually kind of interesting because you've got young talent that's rising up to potentially win U.S. Opens and PGA Championships and all the events that actually matter. But without that context, Eugenio Chikara is just not it, – It's not in, his story is not interesting, and therefore your league is not interesting. And we've talked about that ad nauseum, but I, I just – I think it's worth repeating at this point uh, as as Liv potentially makes a play on more and more guys. We'll put a bow on, on this conversation with this, Patrick. What's the deal with the Pebble Beach Saudi International quid pro quo, right? This is something that uh, to get the release, was it last? I don't know if they did it as well this year. The PGA Tour kind of required these guys, okay, at some point in the next three years, you've got to play Pebble Beach. Is that right? That's correct. And I think uh, Jay Bird, uh, hung out with the media at Kapalua and said, <laughs> Jay Monahan, for those who you, are keeping track at home. Do you guys text or something? What is, do you guys have uh, nicknames for each yeah, other? Yeah. What's he call you? <laughs> that, I mean, uh, that was off the record. The, the nickname. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, so the quick pro, he's expecting these guys to play next year at Pebble Beach. So I looked it up today. Next, if you pl- n- next year, not, or by next year. So here it is. So if you played in Saudi 2022, which the big names were Xander and Fino, okay. if you if you played Pebble the last five years, you need to play in 23 or 24 at Pebble. And if you haven't played Pebble the last five years, you need to play two of the next three. And so those guys aren't playing this year, so they'd have to play Pebble the next two years. I, I think what's interesting about that is it does – because at the time there were no elevated events, right? And I think mm-hmm. does Pebble at some point become an elevated event? I, I, I'm I'm very curious, Rick, about are we stopping at 13 or whatever the number is? Are we uh, rotating them around? Does Pebble is Pebble an elevated event one year Funny. or John D? I mean, I think there's hey. still a lot of questions around that, and I think. Xander and Finau or whoever buying themselves time to, to see how that goes, I think is, is probably wise. They better start rotating them around or you're going to have sponsors that get are like one year sponsors every single year. You're just not who is going to be. We're seeing Honda, the longest running sponsor on the PGA tour, get out. 
probably because they've been pretty stuck on the schedule the last couple of years. The field has gotten horrible. If you guaranteed them the top 20 players on tour every four years, don't you think they'd sign on for like a dozen more years, right? Like I, you're going to get into a situation, a game, you don't want to play with sponsors if you're not rotating these around. Well, I think what could happen is you, the money uh, gets more differentiated. So let's say you bring in Apple and say, hey, the cost of doing business for an elevated event is $25 million. And so all of a sudden your, your overall purse goes up, but then you go to John Deere and say, hey, let's say they don't rotate them around. Hey, your, your cost of the purse this year is actually going down to 5 million. So it's a net zero if they don't move them around, but your, 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 the difference becomes greater between the elevated and the non-elevated. I'll tell you what, sorry, Patrick, they, if you've ever been involved with these tournament organizers, they take this very, very seriously. I absolutely can say, I'm going to feel there's going to be resentment. There is going to be resentment for these non-elevated events that have been on the schedule and done a lot of good work for their communities and are not getting the big boys. For sure, but you're not beholden to I know I, I, I get it and and I, I and it stinks, but you're not beholden to communities. You're beholden to your freaking product. I know. I know. And I think so, that go ahead, Patrick. I'm fairly certain cuz they rolled out the last four elevated events later than the other ones. I'm like 64% sure that they're rotating the final four. I I, so. and, and I think that's include that's like the travelers, the heritage. Uh, I forget what the other final two. Uh, were. Phoenix was right? one of them. Phoenix. Yeah. Potentially Phoenix and travelers, heritage and Wells, yeah. Wells Fargo. And, but so we've I, seen there's, I mean, this week at, the Pebble Beach program, Davis Thompson was in the field. Jason Sobel tweeted this out. He had him on his radio show. He got a sponsor's invite into next week. And he's like, all right, I'm not playing this week then. That's, that is weird. Not weird. I, I think the tour has done a bad job of clarity and marketing of the elevated events. Okay, so so Jay meets with a couple of people in Kapalua for 20 minutes, and we kind of get some, and maybe he doesn't have answers, which I think is probably the case. I just, I think this year, Solly's been saying this at Knowing Up, like this year is going to look different both than it used to be and then it will look in three years from now. Like this year is mm-hmm. a weird year because it's the last wraparound. 24 kind of starts a new, but at some point we need some answers about what like the the clarity around what is an elevated event who can even get in it are they going to rotate around i i hope they i'm with rick i hope they do i hope that john deere gets the top 20 players in the world once every four years i think that would be i think it would be awesome and i think it would be a nod to sort of the roots or, or the 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 foundation of the pga tour which has been around for you know almost 100 years it's almost too smart like I, 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 I don't, you know what I mean? Like it almost makes too much sense. I don't know why they wouldn't have announced it already. All right. We'll turn our attention to Pebble beach, three course rotation. We'll give some picks. We'll chat one and done, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners and we're back the bets boys. Okay. So, uh, Patrick, just to preview this week a little bit, final course rotation of the season. We are getting uh, the pro the AMs out there with the pros. They're going to play three different golf courses. There's going to be a 54 hole cut and none of these golf courses are particularly long. In fact, they're all quite short. Pebble Beach has some of the small screens on the PGA Tour. Maybe a little bit of precision over power this week. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Short, small greens, keep the ball in the fairway, wedge fest, so to speak. Uh, going to be kind of cold. I saw a picture of Spieth wearing a beanie today. Beanie, so, beanie Spieth is very, very dangerous. Live. He's very live. Um, I do have a question about the course, uh, Pebble Beach uh, in particular. I don't know if either of you know the answer. That par five, is it number six that goes up the hill, the four or seven? Yeah, yep. that's how numbers work. Um did they put an internal OB in there yet along the left side? Remember that? Oh, I do remember that. Uh, I don't know the answer. I do remember that being talked about. Was it talked about last year or was it talked about during the U.S. Open a couple of years ago? 
Oh, I, I think it, it got brought up first at the U.S. Open. Guys started okay. doing it, and then each year it's like we, the like architect people were like, "This is ruining the, ruining the yeah. sanctity of this course." Architecture golf Twitter is is a dangerous place, but for people that are unaware of what's going on, a lot of guys will go really far left off the tee up six and kind of play it up the. It's. It's not fairway. I don't even know like what the area is, but you get a different and I presume better angle into the green if you're going for it in two. And so to we've seen this at other courses. We saw it at, at uh, TPC Sawgrass when Bryson threatened to go up. What hole was that adjacent to 18? Oh, man. I 10 or whatever it was to go up the wrong hole to play yeah. it over the water up the wrong hole to get a different angle into 18 and it's like yeah you can't do that that's internal out of bounds we see it i think sony has internal out of bounds yeah uh, riv riv does they can't do the internal ob but those guys play up the wrong fairway on like 15 i think Holland was doing that, right? that yeah yeah mm-hmm. didn't work out for him but he did it he did it every i think he did it every day last year didn't he i think he played it at like one over two. i don't think it worked i don't think it went as planned i think it, yeah i don't remember but i think the last day he fig- he finally figured out but he played it all four days yeah all that to say I, I don't know the answer to your question patrick okay um but back yeah back to the discussion at hand thank god the course rotations are over after this week me personally i i'm not a huge fan of them uh but that being said, it is a good trade-off. We're seeing Josh Allen skipping the Pro Bowl to play uh, this week. I think probably with Keith Mitchell again. And then Larry Fitzgerald, but Aaron Rodgers, Josh sandbagging, Jamal. sandbagging Larry. <laughs> he's he's always in it. It's like you don't. You, he, so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that guy's a fifteen. I bet he's like a two. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Him and Kevin Streelman boat racing everybody. Who's playing with Larry the Cable guy? Is he back in the field this week? He's got. He's got to be. Does DA points so. have like a lifetime exemption into this for winning it with Bill Murray that one year? Probably. <laughs> uh, let's show the bet board if we have that handy, Mister Troy. If we could. Ah, thank you much. Okay, this is where we take 100 little nuggets. We go over to Caesars and we allocate 50 of them on a matchup of our choice, 30 of them on a finishing position of our choice, 10 on one outright of our choice, and another 10 on a second outright of our choice. Let's start at the bottom of the board with you, Kyle, and your matchup selection, please. Yeah, my matchup selection is Davis Riley over SH Cam. Davis Riley, great ball striker. I love him on these small greens. He's he's a really, really good iron player. I, I don't love that he's minus 120, but uh, SH Cam not, hasn't been hitting the ball that well, and uh, I like Davis Riley this week. Yeah, Davis Riley, minus 120 over SH Cam. Patrick, you are doing it. You're going against the defending champ. I know. I don't want to do this to Kyle's boy. Uh, I mean, either of these guys could realistically win this week. Yeah, true. Uh, but Seamus is like sneaky good on really short courses. You think Bermuda, RSM Classic. Uh, he struck the ball pretty well in Abu Dhabi out on the DP World Tour. Should have won this last year. Yeah, yeah, like five strokes at the halfway point. It's hard, to, like it's hard to say that when we've seen guys blow like five-stroke leads with nine to play. But with yeah, yeah five, five with 36, Seamus, you should have won it. Yeah, so Hoagie... I think he like rates out like first in you know every proximity bucket you want to account for. Yeah, uh, but you know if they're slightly off, the around the green game has some holes in it, and uh, I like the fit and plus money at plus one hundred five for Seamus Power over Tom Hoagie. Yeah, I'll go with Matthew Neesmith, even money over Taylor Pendrith. And uh, Patrick kind of alludes to this. There's so many wedge shots at Pebble Beach, everything from like 125 yards and in. And Taylor Pendrith is not that dude. He is not the finesse guy. He's the power guy. Not very good with his wedges. I think that could get a little bit hairy. Then Neesmith hasn't played as well as I would like, but he's played well here before, which makes sense because he's a good ball striker. So Neesmith, really really good iron player. Yeah. So hopefully hoping this place can get him right a little bit. Uh, top tens, Patrick, I'll go right back to you. Uh, and you actually pick somebody with your name and their name. Yeah, I'm, I'm going heavy on Matt Fitzpatrick this week. I just think he's the best player in this field at the moment. Uh, T6, I think last year, T12 at the U.S. Open. Uh, his wedge, wedges are kind of not great, but I like the talent level. It's still insane to me. He only has one PGA Tour win. So I'm going a little, you know, shout out Ben Bernanke. A little too big to fail. 
this week and all in on Matt Fitzpatrick. Wow. Didn't think we'd get a Ben Bernanke shout out. You know, he Patrick impresses me more and more every single day that we work together. It's really, he's, it's, he's, it's really uh, he's a cultured man. He's, 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 a, he's a worldly man. Have you ever yeah. seen him on Instagram? He, he posts like creative, <laughs> thoughtful photos and like he'll be like playing tennis. Then he'll be like reading a book. Then he'll be like, yeah, he's, you know, he's a, he's a guy. He's a cool guy. I'm, I'm thirst trapping a little Rick, you know, I got to It's working. Play. It's working. I don't think I've, I need to follow him on Instagram. I don't think I follow him right now. Yeah, you should get on that. Uh, yeah, while you do that, I'll tell you that my finishing position is Robbie Shelton top 10. Yeah, going longer down the board, 7-1. Robbie Shelton short off the tee. Not a problem here. What else can he do well? Well, he putts well. Uh, he hits his second shots well. And he has legitimate top 10 upside twice in his last four starts. So I'm going to say, Robbie Shelton, go do your thing, young man, and get yourself a top 10 at 7-1. to one. Are you ready, Kyle? Yeah, I do follow him. Okay. Kyle, your finishing position is a dookie. Who is it, please? Yeah, Alex Smalley, top 20, uh, quietly playing really good golf. He's been, uh, last 20 rounds or so, he's been a really good ball striker, plus 190. Uh, he finished, I think, 20, T21, T37 in his last two outings. This is a worse turn, or this is a not as talented field as either the Amex or the farmers, which is, which is his last two. So I think you can seek into that top 20 at uh, plus 190. Shelton top 10 Fitzpatrick top 20, Smalley top 20 are the finishing position wagers. Let's go to outrights and Kyle, I'll just bounce it right back to you. Give me two winners. Yeah, I got Spieth and, and uh, Mav McNeely. Uh, Spieth's been just awesome at this course obviously over the course of his career, I, I think he, I mean, he's talked about it. He gets him places like pebble, get him out of his own head. It's not, you know, Palm Springs golf. It's actually can be thoughtful golf, depending on if there's weather and stuff. And then Matt McNeely has been really good. He's got, I think it was T 33 last year, but a couple of top tens right before that. And he's one of the, he's not one of the favorites, but he's kind of in that, uh, second tier of favorites at uh, 18 to one. Yeah. 18 to one for McNeely, 12 to one for Spieth. Patrick almost pulled the double last week. He had Max Homa 22 to one cash it. And he also went with Thomas Peters on the European tour, something that we didn't ask him to do. And he just did himself. Uh, and Peters finished six. So you are feeling it. Patrick, uh, what are we doing here? 36 hole leader, Thomas Peters to you. Uh, and, to the Matt McNeely pick out, I think it was like 21 when he lost to Daniel Berger, that club twirl on the 72nd hole. Oh, you guys remember that? Oh, he was like, it was like a tiger twirl. It, I it, mean, just running after it. Yeah, I, I, I got like vertigo from that. It was yeah, ridiculous. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, Ben Bernanke, Matt Fitzpatrick, player of the week, 11 to 1. Uh, but Ben Griffin, sneaky, like, I, I don't know, like statistically, if many people are playing better than Ben Griffin at uh in this field since the start of the season first and birdies are better fourth in approach top 10 from 100 to 125 yards tasted contention in bermuda didn't turn out great for him but you know maybe you can use that experience this week at 60 to 1 i think ben griffin is a good example i was on him last week he didn't or maybe it was two weeks ago but he's a good example of why looking at the the numbers matters like he's not on tv he's not talked about he's not a big name and then you look at his numbers you're like oh this this guy's playing really well maybe i need to like look into what he's doing and uh so i i all that to say i agree with you patrick yeah playing really well and i'm not sure we've seen one single shot of his on television this season uh maybe in bermuda because he was t3 there but otherwise he's playing playing pretty great uh ben griffin 60 to 1 matt fitzpatrick 11 to 1 i'm going for a defense, Tom Hoagie, 22 to one great wedge player. Nothing has changed. And then Thomas Dietrich at 45 to one. I just buy the skills in a weaker field for somebody who's been all over the world playing great. No idea what his winning upside is, but at 45 to one in this weekie, uh, I'll take it. So it's Hoagie, right Dietrich, Fitzpatrick, Griffin, Spieth, McNeely, six different golfers on the outright board. Love it. Best bets. 
This is where we take an extra 50. Uh, we go over and we find the best possible wager. We are not good at these, by the way. So these are more like our worst bets. Hold on. Go back. Go, do we have this, the season-long standings? Because we, we are a little bit better here. We've got one of us in the black. Also, I, I don't think Patrick got credit for the – how can – Patrick cannot still be losing with a, with a homo win from last week. Are these numbers? No. I was like uh, – I didn't you- hit like a bet for a while. <laughs> That's true. Like a long time. <laughs> uh, Troy says Patrick was down was bad. Down bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I thought. <laughs> listen, you're crawling. You're crawling out of the hole. All right, go back to the best to the best bets. Uh, I appreciate okay. it though, Rick. Looking I try for me. I try. Uh, you're doing a lot better here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is tough for all of us, but at least Patrick is taking the heat for us. Gosh, I, I was like in, I was in a mental like war with myself over the weekend because I had John Rahm like plus four fifty for the best bet, but Homa to win. I was like, I kind of want the best bet to hit, but you had a Homa for one and done too, right? Yeah, it, it was that, a lot of that, mental gymnastics. That had to that had to outweigh the the Rahm in in the end. Yes, yeah, but. the one and done is very important. Um, all right, KP. You have opted for a matchup between two of the big boys. Yeah, I've got Hovland over Fitzpatrick. Here's what's interesting about Hovland, Rick, and I'm sure you've looked at his numbers, is he's been really good around the Creens uh, over the last probably three or four months. Uh, even better than Fitzpatrick, who's a, who, who has a great short game. Uh, Hovland's won a USAM at Pebble Beach, played very well there at the US Open. Uh, he's, I, I think he's broadly speaking, a better iron player than Fitzpatrick, even though Fitzpatrick might be a little bit more accurate. Neither of them has been hitting his irons great recently, but I like Victor Hovland plus money against most players in the world. And that's true this week over, uh, Fitzpatrick at Pebble. Did you see that he went down and recreated the uh, 2018 USAM shot where he's oh, down the, on the, the ice plant? Yeah, I didn't. Really? Was that on Was that on Twitter today? Uh, I think he I think he put it on Instagram yesterday. Okay, that's uh, awesome. He hit it uh, even closer this time. That was seriously damn. Yeah, so that's crazy. He's so that was he was that was a really impressive USAM because he didn't he didn't really have any. I mean, it was like the Eagles in the in the first. Through through the NFC, right? We'll take he it. just he cruised. It was really impressive. Victor Hovland plus one hundred five over Matt Fitzpatrick. Patrick, um, you're getting a lot of support from the chat, which is always good. Please let us know what your best bet for this week is. Brandon, my man, I won't let you down. Um, for those for those who are only listening, there is a comment from Brandon that says, "Quote Patrick, my brother in Christ, take a break from best bets. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no no punctuation, which is appreciated. <laughs> I don't I don't have I don't have enough creative juices for a comeback for that one. But uh, triv- I do have a trivia question for you guys. Oh, who okay. did who did Victor Hovland beat in the USAM final? I just uh, he, he boat raced him. No, it's it's a kid from uh, the kid like six them. and five. He played it. Hold on, he played it. Cal Devin Bling, correct. Yeah. Let's name. go. Yeah, great name. That's it was like sorry. six and five, right? He smoked him. I, I that kid right. wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, I mean, he was obviously he was good. He was in the USA and final, but his pedigree wasn't amazing. I, I think he was he was in the mix at Oakmont too for that one too. Um, but back to. US other USAM winner, Matt Fitzpatrick, top twenty. Mm. Plus one oh five. Rick, little transition there. Learn that from you. Learn from the Sick. best. Uh Thanks. but yeah, too big to fail this week, and it's on Matt Fitzpatrick. Where'd Matt Fitzpatrick <laughs> win his US Open? Or his USAM, um, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, and his and his I US know, Open. I just butchered the whole mm. thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Rick. Can you can you it's the country give me a hint? Yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn. Uh Seamus Power top twenty. Patrick's right. Seamus Power might win this thing, and I'm not asking him to win it. I'm asking him to finish inside the top twenty plus one twenty five. Plays on plays well on short courses, uh, striking it. I could just rewind what Patrick said uh, over Tom Hoagie five minutes ago, and I would agree with most of it. One final thing to do here, arguably the most important thing to do, it is the reveal of the one and done selections and new standings. But first. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. One and done. Uh, don't release the hounds just yet, Troy. So there has been a sizable shakeup, as everyone knows. 
Patrick and I got 1.5 million bucks last week. We're now in the seven figure club. Things are going very, very well. So we're all very happy. Um, the fans have gotten their selection in. Very good. They are, don't reveal just yet. They are lone wolfing it. Uh, I will tell you that Greg is lone wolfing it. I will tell you that Patrick is lone wolfing it. And I'll tell you that Mark is lone wolfing it. All I, right, thought I, w- I thought I would be too, but I'm not. You are not. Reveal the picks, please. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. The Kyles have gotten together, Kyle wow. M and Kyle P, to both select Joel Damon. Kyle, you are um, – wow. I, you know, My eyes, when I look for your name, they usually go directly to the bottom. You are actually much closer <laughs> to the top. You are just $200,000 out of the lead, and you have a chance – to get into that lead this week. Yeah, I I, I struggled with this. Uh, by the way, producer Troy, yeah, I didn't I didn't look, but um, we should probably refrain from putting one and dones in the rundown until like five o'clock because they're just sitting there. The urge temp- to the temp- urge tempting. to cheat is too good. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look. I did I. I wouldn't, but it's, uh, they were available anyway. I wanted to pick math. I actually wanted to pick Spieth, but I'm probably going to pick him for the open. And then I wanted to pick Mav and I kind of wish I would have, cause it would have kept me with Mark. And then I, I went to, I went to Damon because he's the kind of player that he, he played really well in the fall. I think he ended with three straight top tens. He plays great at this course. He was T6 last year. He's the kind of player that you want to pick at a non-elevated event, right? He's a good player, but he's not somebody that you would pick at a Phoenix or a Riv. And so I like him this week. I don't love that he hasn't played since, I think, RSM. So what is that? Mm-hmm. A full two months, probably 10 weeks since he's teed it up. Um, but I, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm... I'm excited about the pick. I think he has an opportunity to finish in the top 10, which is kind of what you're going for when you're uh, when you're trying to pick one of these with with not as good of a field. Kyle M, 257,000, Joel Damon. The fans, howl it up, fans. Tom Hoagie, the defending champion, is your lone wolf, 496,000. I've been mushed. Sia at 668 and myself at 1.8 million both went with... Seamus Power. So that's a miscut incoming. Patrick, you must be thrilled. You've gone all in on Matt Fitzpatrick. You are within striking range. You could potentially take over the lead this week, and you're the only guy with the favorite. I think us three are sitting pretty nice because we have been dealt not one, but two kind of trump cards down the road. We think about yeah. Mark's little hiccup. We think about Seal last week. Um, and I know there's like a grace period we want to talk about, but I'll I'll have no problem bringing it up later in the season if need be. Uh, yeah, the only thing is we just need to, the three of us just need to be on our best behavior so mm-hmm. that we don't have any controversy when this thing, we'll, we'll, we'll disqualify everybody else by the time we get to the end. I mean, I'm so, going to pick, I plan on picking Rom like four times, so <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know what that means for my behavior, but uh, that'll that'll probably happen. <laughs> it's a good strategy, though. I do like that, Kyle. But yeah, it's uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. I was going through the schedule and with the elevated events and everything, I was <laughs> random guys pop in for these non-designated events down the road. Typically, like someone will be playing hot or whatever it may be, and so I, I was okay taking the heavy hitter and the favorite with Fitzpatrick this week. I I, I like that. I think that's a good pick. Greg's going to try to break this tie with Sia. They're both at 668,353. So that is Greg going with Justin Rose. Lone wolf there. Uh, Let's see. That just leaves Mark. Mark went with Mad McNeely, which, uh, yeah, was probably the play, right? That's pretty, he's probably going to be the most popular pick in, in one and done's with his ties to Pebble beach. We have all opted to go in a different direction, but he's at 3.1 million and he's the man for us to chase down. Big week for the Immelman fam- uh, family last week. They're Big great. Week. Big week for the Immelmans. In order, I ran into uh, to Papa Immelman at the PGA show. I ran into Trevor at the gym. Oh, they're, 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 it's like there's more than three of them. Are they just multiplying? <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. I think so. <laughs> they're everywhere. I, 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 Mark somehow seems to be great at this game. I think Mav is going to have a, a really good week. Why is Mark so good at this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. 
from top to because bottom. Because if, if, if you put Mark in a situation, not that I should talk about this, but where he has to make best bets and like do like get kind of deep in the weeds, he's not... He, 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 I think it's maybe just because he cares about this more than some of the other stuff. I think he understands the ebbs and flows of tour life. And, and it's why he has like so many guys that like already picked for spots because he knows they're going to play well. And he understands like he doesn't get caught up in the week, week to week minutia that you can overthink it. He has a very good, like 30,000 foot view of the tour. Yeah. I, that's for sure correct. From top to bottom. Mark at 3.1 million, Mav McNeely. Kyle Porter, 2.9 million, Joel Damon. Patrick, $2 million, Matt Fitzpatrick. Rick, 1.8, Seamus Power. Greg, 668,000, Justin Rose. Sienna Jot, 668,000, Seamus Power. The fans, 496,000, Tom Hoagie. Kyle M, 257,000, Joel Damon. Boom. Yes. Are we having Kyle M on next week? I mean, it's a really slow start to the season for him. I I feel like he needs to kind of rejuvenate here with the designated event, potentially. He is his. um, If we had approval ratings for each one of us, his would be by far the highest. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Q rating is extraordinary. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else before we get out of here? Um, I. It, it's not we'll, we'll talk about this more next week but Rory and Rom are just so far uh, far and away the two best players in the world and it's not I don't even know who's third I, I did the power 18 for uh, for C, for CBSports.com on Monday so I basically ranked the top 18 guys based on how they're playing right now not based on world rankings or anything and I, I just didn't even know who to put third. Put third? And I, did, I put Colin Markawa. He's been playing really well. I think that him not winning uh, obscures how well he's been playing. But I'm just – and I tweeted out some of their numbers, but I'm just blown. I mean, Rory and Rahm have won seven of their last 14 combined events. <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. Pretty that's good. a that's a joke. And I get some of them are European tour and not as good of fields, but – I'm really interested to see how that sort of comes to a head over the next, what, six weeks with uh, Phoenix, uh, Riv, Bay Hill, and uh, Players Championship. I mean, you got some big boy stuff coming up with two guys playing some of the best golf of their career. It's going to be sick. And the Honda's in there as well. It's going to be I can't forget about that. Um, I want to put a bow on Treegate. I think in general, just put a bow on it. I know, whatever. But I was sitting on this. Uh, I hate that rule. If you know the ball went in the tree, just play it there. Second shot. Put, yeah, hold it's on. pretty play stupid. It like you're like you're saying. Like obviously, it's in there. Where else could it possibly be? Yeah. Like all right, just drop in the area. Second shot. No penalty. Oh, no penalty. No penalty. Okay. I think it's stuck well, in a tree. Well, uh, yeah, I like we saw what happened to Dylan Fratelli when you try to hit it from a tree. Like, come on. The problems are that it's just that, this, that it's just hilarious. this it's just this overarching rule of having to identify your ball, right? So, like, it, there's going to be so many more. Like, I agree with you. If it's in a palm tree, thirty feet above your head, like, let's all be smart here. But it's like when it's in a thorn bush around the corner that. Like the, it's gonna cause uh, issues. That's fair. Yeah, and I mean, I we should have a palm rule. A palm I didn't even. Th- I didn't even think about gorse. And- I. I, I, <laughs> I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think you should have to hit it out of the tree. Just get up there like Greller did at Pebble. Shout out Sergio. That wasn't even for space ball, right? Well, I think it's it two different Ogies? things. I think it's. Oh yes, yes. I think it was for somehow it wasn't for speed, but then Sergio was at. Was that at Honda? Somewhere in Florida, definitely Florida. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's an interesting. Uh, Brett's comment right now is actually what I was going to bring up. DJ Pajowski was talking about this about how he actually likes that you have to hit out of divots because it it shows off. A, a, I mean, it sucks, right? It's 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 very unlucky, which is sort of how I feel about the tree thing. I, I don't know. I. I I think I disagree with you, Patrick. I think you, it should be a penalty. It's, it's part of, I mean, Rory at, um, 
Where did you win the PGA? Kiowa. Remember we hit it in the tree there? Oh, uh, yeah. You're, Number three. You were probably still in elementary school back then, but... Ah, Rory Tree. It's gone now. It's not there anymore. Is it? Yeah, I played last okay. year. Oh, wow. What a flex. 76. Hoity, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. What'd you say? 76? 76, four over 76. Come on. Oh, That's yeah. a hard course. At the ocean course at Kiowa? At, at the ocean course. Come With on. the tough wind. With the tough wind. No, come on. Yeah. I mean, wait, was the, was the, was the final few holes, uh, into, into or downwind all into, Oh, that, that, yeah. I think what 16 is a par five. I'm going to adopt you and you're going to make me so proud. It's my like a four iron for my third in there. What into 16? Yeah. The par five, the one where Phil hit it like 380 in 2021. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, what tees were you playing from? Uh, like mid six. God, seventy six. That's good. yeah. I think my stroke gains approach was potentially like I might have gained like an all time record. I'm gonna make you. Okay. I'm gonna make you a golfer profile on RickRungood.com. Yeah, let's do you. it. Start making scores like that. Don't have hey, what's my stroke putting. What's the? Oh, just as like a pro, you're gonna make him a profile. Yeah, I'm just gonna make. I'm just gonna put him in there. So like, if you search his name, it'll pop up. Like it won't show up in any field, but like if you happen to type in Patrick McDonald, like there's random guys who played like two European tour events 30 years ago. So yeah, like I'll just make Patrick a profile. That'd be a great Easter egg. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play this guy 6,000 cash and DraftKings. Yeah, he's never been in any field, but he's people he shot a 76 at the ocean course last yeah. year. <laughs> you have just as good a chance as Devin Bling if <laughs> scoring some points. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's all I got. All right. Yep. Producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. Patrick McDonald available on Twitter at the at. Wow. Tough scene the at animal. amateur status. <laughs> Kyle Porter available at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick run good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 